T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And welcome in, everybody. Inside the clubhouse is on the air every Saturday morning from 9 until 11 a.m., 52 weeks out of the year. We've got your baseball talk for you. Plenty going on, as usual. Bruce Levine, good morning. Mike, good morning. And the trading deadline is over. The Chicago Cubs made some big moves. The White Sox were not able to. However, there is the waiver wire to deal with, and many significant moves can be made there. Good morning. As Mike said, this is Inside the Clubhouse. We're here for you 52 weeks out of the year talking Chicago baseball, talking all 28 other teams, and it's all interactive at 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 67011. He'll read all that is worthy to be aired. And Mike, uh, some big moves made by the Cubs, in particular Cole Hamels. That move paid off right away on Wednesday with uh, five, if you can say, five outstanding innings. Mm -hmm to uh, set up a win. These days, uh, five is the new seven when it comes to <laughs> starting pitching. It's uh, hard to believe, but true. But hey, nine strikeouts, a uh, really great start. Uh, uh, nice beginning for Cole Hamels for the Cubs. Absolutely. And uh, the acquisition of uh, Kinsler is also an important piece of that puzzle uh, coming over from Washington. Washington, for some reason, making him available uh, right at the deadline. Uh Theo and Jed uh, smart enough to pick up a veteran for that bullpen because of the uncertain status of uh, Brandon Morrow down at the closers end. That means you have more of a bullpen by committee. You saw the entire committee yesterday. Yes, you did. As Joe Madden, as he said, I didn't want to make it game seven of the World Series, but as it turned out, it did turn out that that way. Well, in the uh, reliever roulette continues, we, we were talking about it Thursday. We had... Uh, Rosario sent down when Kinsler was activated. And then on Friday, Dunsing to the disabled list and Rosario right back. So the roulette continues. And I know the rosters expand at the end of August, but uh, the Cubs continue to, to do that Iowa shuttle with their bullpen guys. Do the Cubs have enough now to win the National League pennant? Do they have enough to win their division over a team that they lead by only one game, the Milwaukee Brewers, who had a super walk-off home run from Thames off of former Cub Wade Davis last night with mm -hmm. two outs in the ninth inning. One-game lead. There's been very little separation between the Brewers and the Cubs all year long. It's been a dogfight. Anthony Rizzo talked a little bit about that. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from him talking about how he expects this to be a season-long battle with only 50 games or so left. Your input is essential here because this is your baseball show at 312-644-6767. Mike Bryant, will he return Darvish on the Hill today in a sim game? Lots to talk about on Inside the Clubhouse. Absolutely. In our Cubs discussion brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now. Receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. And Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by your friends at Max and Benny's in Northbrook, the best restaurant, deli, and bakery in Chicagoland, planning summer parties. Max and Benny's caters seven days a week. Discounts and full delivery with $200 or more. 
Try Max and Benny's private dining room and meeting area, seating 10 to 150. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com. The most sumptuous corned beef, pastrami locks for kids' camp lunches. Try Max and Benny's, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook and love you some Chicago baseball. Both teams won yesterday. Lucas Giolito pitching a nice game in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I guess the attention certainly isn't on White Sox pitching right now more than the eye on Eloy Jimenez and when, if and when, he is promoted in 2018. And and we noted this uh, as we talked before the show. I, I definitely noticed and got a chuckle as I got the White Sox uh, July minor league uh, pitcher and player of the month. They happen to be Eloy and Dylan Cease, who, of course, are the two guys they got for Jose Quintana, both figure to be uh, major league contributors next year for the White Sox. And speaking of contributors for the White Sox, Moncada with a big double to yep. win the game yesterday. A lot of comparisons going on now between Moncada when he first broke in and Javi Baez, who we're going to talk about as your possible MVP candidate. As a matter of fact, our friend Matt in the, on, on the north side would like to talk a little yep. bit about that. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Yeah, I saw that last night where they compare him to Javi Baez. Bruce, when Javi Baez first came up, he didn't play every day like Moncada. And and the thing that's disturbing to me about that comparison, Moncada doesn't play with the passion. He's not the glove. He's not the base runner. I, I, I mean, that's a really well, Javi, bold... Javi was, uh, you know, he, he broke in in 2014 and uh, struck out 42% of the time. But you could see the skills there, and there was a... It's kind of a minor fist fight between Joe Madden and his first uh, you know, dust up with the front office, if you want to call it that, saying, I want Javi Baez as a part of my team out of spring training in 2015 when he first took over managing. And they said, you know what? He's not ready yet. So I think we're looking at apples and oranges here right now because uh, Mancata is in his second year. Uh, Javi was a pretty raw product. And as you said, uh, didn't start the, the regular season with the Cubs that year. Well, my, my opinion is, though, if, if you talk to people in Boston and you talk to a scout named John Castleberry, they're not really impressed with Moncada. Uh, Peter Gammons is not that impressed with Moncada. Uh, he, he's a raw athlete. He's a good athlete trying to play baseball, I think. He doesn't have that, the head that Baez has. And very few people have those instincts that Baez has on the base pass, and Moncada doesn't have them. I mean, you know, that's clear. Well, we'll see. Uh, Matt, thanks for your input. 312-644-6767. Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. Deadline over with waiver wires. Now the way to get new players. We'll discuss that with assistant uh, general manager of the White Sox, Jeremy Haber, a little bit later. David Bodie scheduled to join us in our first hour here as well. So uh, everything for you, the Chicago baseball fan here on Inside the Clubhouse. And this hour is brought to you by Glenview Park Golf Club. Experience the best at Glenview Park Golf Club. Visit golfglenview.com. And, and David Bodie and Javi Baez with uh, with really great defensive plays, really uh, helping save that game yesterday for the Cubs. Well, and you, if you're going to be a championship caliber team like the Cubs have been for the last three and a half, now three and uh, three quarters years, uh, you're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to run the bases intelligently. You're going to have to have the clutch uh, guys out there when you average 95 wins, and certainly the Cubs have been that. There have been some hiccups along the way, but when you're playing significant time without your best hitter, without your second-best starting pitcher, at least going into the season in Darvish with with uh, Bryant on the shelf and has been hurting for a long time now, and now you have your your closer on, on the shelf 
with uh, no times, you know, no exact times back for any of the three, and mm-hmm. you're still competing and winning every day. I think it's impressive. I, I think Cup fans are a little spoiled by the fact that this team's been so good for so long now that they expect automatic W's every time they go out there. It's not that easy. And and you mentioned it, and here's what we do know about the the injured guys. Uh, Brian Dunsing just went back to the DL, sold shoulder inflammation. Joe says he still is not feeling uh, 100% there. Chris Bryant, still no timetable on his return. Uh, the shoulder, they said he's getting stronger. He's doing range of motion and, and strengthening exercises, uh, but still not an imminent return for Chris. You Darvish will have a bullpen session today. Uh, sim game. Sim game sim today. Sim game today. Uh, our David Schuster's out there. So uh, if uh, he completes that before we go off the air or with you and Rosie yes. afterwards, David will report on what went on with Darvish because it, you know, it is a sim game. People will say, well, what can we take out of that? What you take out of that is how does he throw his pitches? Is he consistent in this two or three inning sim game? And does he come out of it doing well? These are the things you look at uh, from these now uh, hyper uh, looked at situations with Darvish because of the fact he's only pitched in eight games all year and has been on the shelf since May the 20th. And Morrow has played catch the last two days, but again, not a timetable on his return, but he's, he's throwing at least. Yeah, but again, uh, you know, they have to win without these guys. The interesting thing about that clubhouse is you don't hear a lot of complaining about what they don't have. I think Joe is the leader in the clubhouse in more ways than one when it comes to we're playing with what we have. I don't even really like to talk about what we don't. I will because Mm -hmm. you ask me, and Joe's Mm -hmm. a direct and, uh, you know, professional guy. But uh, they, they concentrate on that day, and they've been doing pretty well again. Is this the 2016 Chicago Cubs? It is not. Okay. Does it have the potential to be a better team at the end of the year than the 2017 team was? These guys come back healthy. There's a chance with the contributions of Hamels, Kinsler, you never know. But again, uh, you can throw a blanket over 10 or 11 teams in the National League and say, on a given week, this is the best team. 312-644-6767. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. We're going to jump right back out to the phones now. We start in Joliet with John on inside the clubhouse. Good morning, John. Good morning, guys. I, you know, I can kind of understand and see where you guys are coming from with the Mikado Baez uh, comparisons. I would hope that Mikado could be at least seventy percent of the baseball player that Baez is right now. But Mikado does make some flashy plays. But watching the other night when. Uh, a ball was hit to third, and he's just a, it's a routine double play, and he blows it. That's really frustrating as a Sox fan because these are probably things that he should be above and beyond uh, ready to do already. And it's just, I guess, those in the 0 for, 0 for 4 the other night. I mean, yeah, you got to take the good with the bad, but yeah, I could kind of understand what you guys are talking about. Uh, he, won a ball game for, he won a ball game yes, for you last yes, night. Mm-hmm. Yes, he so, did. All right. Thanks for your call. Mike, uh, the numbers aren't going to look so awful for Mancata after the season. I mean, uh, if you look at the rote numbers, you're not going to be saying, you know, this is a horrible year mm-hmm. for Mancata. But um, as far as um, his defensive part of the game, he still has a lot to prove at second base. Um, are they going to give up on him there? Depends um, how quickly a guy like Madrigal yep. comes through, the number one pick that they had this year in the draft. 
he's already been promoted once, and he was only down there for a week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. So Madrigal could be a, a part of this team as early as the middle or late of next year. So, you know, again, is Mancadia your future third baseman? Those are some of the speculations out there possibly. Out in Rockford, it's Keith up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning. Um, my proposal would be, of course, bring up Jimenez, and then I would bring up Kopech and Cease and have them pitch home games only, heavily promoted for maximum attendance, and maybe have them pitch on Fridays and Saturdays. I don't want them pitching on Sunday because I don't want them competing against the Bears game. So, like, have uh, <laughs> this is your wish Kopech. list. So we're we're writing this Kopech down, as Friday. you said. We have like Kopech Friday and uh, Cease. Saturday and uh, nobody Sunday. Sunday, so you can watch the Bears. We'll we'll, we'll get that memo to uh, Don Cooper for you, Keith. We appreciate it. I, you know, I <laughs> I think you know we we laugh, but I mean, White Sox do care about their fan base, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys will be up there when they think they're ready. Kopech's a possibility this year. I think Cease, uh, because of the lack of innings in his minor league career due to injury. We'll get a shot next year early on, but not be brought up here at the end of the year. And uh, Jimenez could come up as early as Monday, or they could hold off till September 1st, or you might not see him at all. But from everything the White Sox indicated to me over this year, uh, Jimenez will be up this summer. And he may immediately be their best offensive player. I think he will. I think he will too. John and Rolling Meadows, you're up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good morning. You know, it's I've I've noticed one thing during the All Star break, and that is the Cubs, the injuries that they have are serious to their offense. You know, I mean, you've got a couple of pitchers that they were looking forward to having at this point, and of course, their All Star third baseman who's been on and off, and then you've got the Brewers who came off a fantastic West Coast road trip. And they come home and Colorado hands them a win last night on a two-run shot in the bottom of the ninth. Excellent I mean, did it for you. Yeah. You, when you look at the two clubs, they kind of mirror each other as far as the bullpen goes. They're, they've both got they've both improved their bullpen. Right. And I I think Milwaukee's improved their offense though this year more. Oh, they have. They've got they, more power. They, and they've done it over the last couple of days. Yeah. And John, yeah. thanks for the call. John, thanks for your call. Look, Mike, here's what uh, David Stearns is sitting with his people in Milwaukee. He's a GM of the Brewers, and he's thinking, we can't get the pitcher, starting pitcher we want. So what what are our strengths? Our strengths are um, our bullpen. So what are we going to do to win? Well, let's just go out and we'll get a Moustakis. We'll get a scope, mm-hmm. and we're going to outslug everybody. And that's, in that case... This is what's going on with the Chicago Cubs. We're going to take a break. David Bodie's going to join us. We'll continue to talk to you at 312-644-6767. Text us at 6711. Lots more to come. Your input is essential here on Inside the Clubhouse. Plenty of your calls as well after we talk to the Cubs third baseman and then Sox assistant GM Jeremy Haber at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. You have Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. Cubs skipper Joe Madden. As we rejoin inside the clubhouse with a special guest. And that special guest made one of those special defensive plays yesterday. The Chicago Cubs third baseman, 
rookie David Bodie joins us in Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, David. Thanks for taking some time out for us today. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, at the concentration level, uh, when the game's on the line, ground ball, tying runs, uh, scooting toward third, you haven't had a particularly great day uh, at bat, yet uh, uh, the extra ground balls you take, everything else uh, kind of gets you in position and baseball position-wise to make a semi-routine play, a very important play at that point. Can you go through that a little bit? Yeah, you know, the the entire goal is is to separate your offense from your defense. And so being able to do that because, you know, you can still help your team win and even if you weren't having the best of days at the plate, you know. And so being able to focus in on defense and and be locked in on the pitch and ready to go um, is the first thing of just being prepared um, and, and expecting expecting the ball to be hit to you and, and then making the right reads. David, it's been uh, quite a whirlwind, I'd imagine, for you up and back from Iowa a bunch of times already this year. But Cubs fans are certainly embracing you. I, I myself was out in left field yesterday, and I know uh, uh, you know people are, are definitely jumping onto the uh, the Bodie bandwagon. I'll call it. It's it's awesome. The greatest fans in the world. Um, I, I love it. I'm I'm embracing it, and I'm I'm very humbled and honored to to be a part of it. So we've talked we david we talked uh you know to you in the clubhouse and after games a little bit about um you know being a, a young professional and uh talk to us a little bit about uh your your initial conversations with joe madden during spring training because he started to bring your name up to us uh and you you know to be honest with you you're kind of nondescript guy coming in in spring training to him there was an impression made right away what what were some of those early conversations like he he always preaches just be yourself, have fun, enjoy the moment, um, and just be who you are. And so when you have a manager that knows how each of his players ticks and can can really reach into that part of the game, it really takes the pressure off of the player. Um, so for him to just go out of his way and to to make everybody feel comfortable is is a is an unbelievable thing, and it makes a the clubhouse really a special place and a special group of guys that kind of buy into that mindset. And then it just all, it all just kind of, everybody just kind of meshes together through that. And so just being able to, to just seamlessly make that transition into the clubhouse and spring training really just catapults into the season. David Bodie is our guest here on inside the clubhouse Cubs third baseman. And uh, it certainly has to be a little bit, uh, I don't want to say intimidating is the wrong word, but you've got, you know, a former MVP playing third base at the major league level. When you start the year at Iowa, it's like, well, man, you know, Chris Bryant's at third. So how, how mentally do you prepare then going uh, into your, your games? And obviously you've made a huge impression and a huge contribution this year at the major league level uh, because of Bryant's injury. But, you know, take us through how you prepare there for that. You know, they, they say in, in spring training, they said, be ready. You never know what can happen. Um, you know, it's obviously Chris Bryant has had a tough, tough bug with the injury bug this year, but um, he's an unbelievable player, unbelievable teammate. Um, and so just being able to take my approach of just day in, day out preparation in Iowa, in Chicago, wherever it is, is so that when – I do get that phone call. I'm ready to go and not wasting that opportunity because I've been preparing it for every single day. And so being able to stay where your feet are, being present 
whether you are in Iowa or in Tennessee or rookie ball or in the big leagues, that way you aren't swirling, your head's not spinning when you get that call. And so being able to, to slow the game down in that sense and just doing whatever I can to help the Chicago Cubs win. David, in closing with you, Mike and I appreciate your time today. I know you have ground balls and all kinds of other stuff to do. Um, what, what is that clubhouse like when people are missing like Darvish and like uh, Bryant and like uh, Morrow? Uh, is there any talk about them or is there just, hey, uh, we, we still have the best team every day. We just prepare and, and move on. Yeah, we, we are very confident in what our team brings to the field. Um, you know, they, Darvish and, and Bryant and Morrow, they're, they're there on the top step cheering us on every step of the way they're getting better. They're grinding it out just as much as we are. And so, I mean, it's been an unbelievable part to see them working and going through what they have to go through, which is, which is a grind. You know, when you're hurt, it's a grind to get back into it. And obviously would love to be on the, on the field competing with us. And, you know, we respect everything that they're doing and, you know, being there for us and, and obviously they'll, they'll be back and, and it'd be great. Um, But yeah, we're a very confident group and, uh, it's 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 really enjoyable to compete with these guys. David, thanks for taking some time out uh, today for us on Inside the Clubhouse. Keep up the great work. It's really fun watching just a ball player go out and play ball. Uh, for us guys who didn't get to very high levels, you we kind of ride with you because you seem to get the very most out of everything you got. Uh, continue to have a good time, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate All it. All right. David Bodie of uh, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, as you said, Mike, uh, a guy that people have uh, kind of Hooked on to is the everyman on this Chicago Cub baseball team. Yeah, we were out in the left field in the bleachers yesterday, and I tell you what, they are uh, the Bodie bandwagon is is a real thing. There you go. There, there. I, I, you, I may have just created. There something. it is. There's a T-shirt. And, and look at this. You know, I pull up his baseball reference pages. I always do when we have guests on, just to make sure I have you know his numbers in front of me. David Bodie is a .9 WAR player in. 58 at bat. I mean, he's 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 really making an impact on this team. You know, uh, I like the metrics. I like uh, I like war. Uh, I like baseball players, yeah. guys That's, that know what to do. Hit the saw, ball the other yep. way, can go to second or third and give you a professional day out there. Go in late in the game and get a pinch hit for you. Uh, to me, that's the essence of uh, baseball. And as you say, you know, as we talked about, you know, the stars are the stars, but the good baseball players just to watch them play mm-hmm. the game. It's a lot of fun. Bottom of the hour brought to you by Campland RV. It's Campland RV's annual three-hour super sale. Visit the lot Sunday, August fifteenth, August fifth, excuse me, from noon to three for huge savings on all RVs. Special preview starts at ten a.m. Campland RV, RV buying made easy, right off of I ninety four in Burns Harbor, Indiana. All right, we have a lot of t- topics to talk about, but one in particular that uh, came up uh, over a week ago was the A Rod situation. A Rod. Talking about the fact that you uh, Darvish uh, wasn't necessarily the guy that should be around this team while he's rehabbing, uh, making some comments about the fact that uh, he might not be the, uh, you know, he, there might be some second guessing going on as to what's going on with Darvish, that he shouldn't be around at all. Uh, the Cubs and uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer took great exception to this. Uh, there was some uh, up and back conversation between both. Theo Epstein and uh, A-Rod this week via text. And uh, Theo was on with uh, Mully and Haw this week and talked a little, I think it was yesterday, right, Mike? It was yesterday, yeah. And started to talk a little bit about uh, what that conversation was about 
and uh, what A-Rod had said and how out of line it might have been. I texted with him. Yeah, I told him what I felt about what he said and um, defending himself. It uh, it didn't really resonate with me, but it is what it is. You know, look, I think um, from time to time when you're dealing with national media, there's going to be guys who pop in who don't get the full picture of the way things are going and that's a big platform, so it can become a big story if they get something a little bit wrong. And I think he thinks he's right, and we think he was wrong, and it's not the first time that's happened. I wish that hadn't happened, but I actually think it might end up being a good thing in the long run. Um, you guys didn't appreciate it, and they're really rallying around you. And uh, he also went out and you know had a little bit extra determination, perhaps, in his next, uh, his next side session through great and is on his way. So he's um, the only environment that really matters for him is the one in the clubhouse with his 2014 mates and that one's terrific so uh, what era did certainly didn't impact that and if it did it was in a positive way i tend to agree with that mike uh you know when uh when you let's say there are there was a person or two in the clubhouse that said when are we going to get darvish that's in the clubhouse that's inside there that's where it belongs that's where it's supposed to stay if any of that conversation gets out and somebody confided in A-Rod that, you know, well, maybe it's been too long, but we can't climb into his body, and he makes a big deal about that on national television, uh, that is something that can bring a group together, putting a, a chip on their shoulders saying, look, it's definitely us against them out there. They're looking to chip away at us and the uh, solidarity in this clubhouse. We're not going to let that happen. So from from that perspective – even though these guys are accomplished professionals who've won a World Series, been in the playoffs three years in a row, I agree with uh, Epstein here that this is, this negative could turn into a positive. And our sound with Theo brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single-game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And the, the main thing, too, Bruce, that, as you said, that Theo and, and the club take out of this is is, you know what? Here's a guy that could be a huge help to us down the stretch, and and it really has kind of united guys uh, behind them in that clubhouse. Right. Uh, Ozzie Gian was also on uh, Molly and Haw this week, and uh, you know Ozzie, uh, a regular contributor to the show, you know has talked a little bit about the fact that uh, you know A Rod hasn't exactly had uh, a career without blemishes, and that you can't necessarily talk about other people when you're in the media without ramifications. Ozzy on Molly and Haw. To me, Ozzy's one of the best players ever played the game. But when you get caught doing stuff, when you, you're you in the media doing something negative, it's hard for him to to talk about somebody else. You know why? Because that thing is going to come out and say, well, what you talk about? You did this, you did that, you did that, and look at what happened. That's a very tough spot. Our job. It's not easy. Our job to criticize people, to to say stuff good about people, to, to give our, our opinion. But when you go in the clubhouse and, and deal with the players the way he does, uh, it's going to be hard now for players to feel comfortable around him in the clubhouse or in the cage or in the field. Ozzy is one of my uh, close friends that I made in baseball. I've known Ozzy for over 30 years. There was a, a year where we didn't talk to each other. Because of sim- similar situation, mm-hmm. uh, when he had his problems down in Miami, um, he heard from other people that I had said that it would be a good idea if he took some time off 
and straighten things out with uh, the Cuban people in the Miami area after he made some comments about Castro. Mm-hmm. And the way it got back to him was that I was saying he shouldn't come back as the manager of the Marlins. So he came to Chicago, very cold relationship for that point on. His family, who I'm close with as well, uh, felt that I betrayed them. So this went on for a while before it got cleared up. But uh, these things happen. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it, th- there is a, you know, there is a fine line, as Ozzy says, now being on this side of it, of being in the media after you're a ball player and um, crossing the line as it appears A-Rod has. Now, does A-Rod care about it? Maybe, maybe not. Does ESPN love it? Sure. And, and, and think that the numbers are going to be huge when A-Rod shows up here Monday for the White Sox and the Yankees, number one, and then next Sunday, National right Cubs, here, yeah. national game, Cubs and Washington. Yep. I mean, that's going to be the biggest sidebar story of that series. Mm-hmm. A-Rod coming back here to face the Cubs, face Joe Madden, uh, talk about whether or not he overstepped his boundaries as a reporter slash former ball player in the booth. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number six seven eleven. If you want to text into the conversation here and inside the clubhouse, Dave and Munster, you will be up first after the break, and then uh, we'll take more of your calls up to the top of the hour. Sox assistant general manager Jeremy Haber will join us at that point. You have inside the clubhouse on six seventy the score. Welcome back to inside the clubhouse here on six seventy the score, alongside Bruce Levine. I am Mike Esposito, and we're here with you till eleven o'clock. As usual this morning, uh, Sox assistant GM Jeremy Haber will be our guest right after the top of the hour. Till then, you, 312-644-6767. And Texas at 6711. Mike, uh, do you think A-Rod overstepped? Um, do you think anything that A-Rod says, just because he's been such such a lightning rod of good and bad news throughout his whole career, kind of gets everybody's attention. And was it a brilliant hire by ESPN to just put him in the booth? I agree a hundred percent with what Ozzy said. And we played the cut, you know, to, to do that. And then on, on a national platform, I mean, it's obvious it's the only game going on. It's Sunday night baseball to share. That is probably not the best way to, to go about your job. And I, you know, they come in uh, and I say they, the, you know, the Sunday night baseball group, they do the one game. They're not there every day. You know, they are not in there as you are reporting on a daily basis all season long and getting to know the guys in the team. They come in, they, they may be there for a game and then they're out. But that said, maybe that's a better way to cover a team. And if you do have a source, you're not afraid to say something because you don't have to be there every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been a person that has ever divulged anything that was confidential. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in baseball. To be honest with you, there's probably a couple hundred stories that I couldn't use over the years because of the fact that relationships and uh, the respect of the people that you deal with is number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has to be. So with A-Rod, is he really a baseball broadcaster, uh, color man, or is he an entertainer? And as, as, as ESPN want him to take it to a different level of, hey, we hired, we hired a guy who kind of had one of the greatest careers in history, and it was also a career that was uh, hurt drastically by the use of steroids. Mm-hmm. 
a polarizing guy, nonetheless, but a guy that uh, attracts a tremendous amount of attention. Do we want him to be an entertainer or a baseball broadcaster? Right, and, and you know what? I think you hit it on the head there. He is more entertainer than baseball man. He's not there to be a straight baseball guy. He obviously knows the game in and out. I do like him in that booth. I like the booth with Jessica Mendoza and with A-Rod. But, you know, the the celebrity thing is certainly there. I mean, I was getting uh, Twitter uh, forwards and and text forwards of uh, A-Rod and J-Lo as they were making the rounds downtown last week. I mean, that stuff doesn't happen for, you know, Matt Vescursion or whoever else. I I think the the booth is a bizarre place. I think that that booth is bizarre. Because uh, Jessica is an excellent, excellent baseball analyst. She yep. knows the game as well as any man. Uh, yet they keep changing the look of it. They, now is, is it the uh, now that uh, Dan Schulman's not there anymore? Matt Vaskirgin's there. Does a, does the play by play guy step aside? And now is it the Jessica and Alex show? Mm-hmm. And are they the the new entertaining stars of ESPN rather than the baseball analysts? It's an interesting question. 312-644-6767 is our number, 6711 if you want to text us. Uh, I promise you, David Munster, you'd be first up, and here you are, sir. Good morning. Outstanding. Good morning, gentlemen, and thank you. I listen every weekend. Uh, and who would have thought that Ozzie would be the voice of reason for anything? <laughs> uh, anyway, Ozzie's a, a, a great baseball guy. Oh, he! I, I, it's sad that he's not in the game. It really but, is. Well, he is but, in the game, but he should be in a manager's I mean. dugout yeah. somewhere. No, he should be a ben- He needs to be a bench coach somewhere or a base coach somewhere not, not to for sort me. of earn his not for me. first back in. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to talk about. Yeah, somebody brought up baseball reference. It. it hours going down rabbit holes but anytime any of the Sox kids are being lambasted in the press I look at players that I consider good players and see how they did when they were kids so when everybody's up in arms about Toledo and and Lopez having a bad outing I think of Greg Maddox's first year where he was six and 15 with a almost six ERA when they talk about Moncada in the field, I just looked at Omar Vizquel. He made 18 errors and hit 220. Right. So it's it's the jury's still out on him. He looks lazy to his left, but I think that the Cuban development system had, it, these guys don't take 20,000 ground balls before they get into a ball. You know, it's just a different it's a different development culture than it is. Um, in other countries. And I, I can't think of one Cuban player that came up and looked like a ball player, which I love also. Whoever brought that up earlier. That's why I love guys like Bobby Molinaro. But th- nobody comes up from Cuba, no matter whose minor league system, they get a cup of coffee in, ready to play and ready to play the field like they've been doing it their whole you know, life. It's a good, a good point, and I'll take it a step further. Thanks for your call. Mike, uh, he makes an excellent point, and the reason for that, number one, is getting used to the discipline of playing 162 games. Mm-hmm. In Cuba, the major league season is 90 games. Huge yeah. difference. Yep. Uh, we saw Abreu talk about it and experience it when he came to the White Sox. The fact that uh, getting your body ready to play those extra 70 ball games is a huge difference. And, again, the American way – of playing the Cuban way, 
much, much different. The American influence wasn't in Cuba for over 50 years because of the fact that it was a communist country that uh, didn't accept, uh, you know, Americans into that area. So therefore, their baseball brand was much different than the one you'd see in the Dominican and in in Venezuela. Out to the far northwest side we go. Joe is up next on Inside the Club. I'll say, Joe. Good morning, Mike and Bruce. How you doing today? Good. Good. You know, I wouldn't put, as a Cub fan, too much stock into A-Rod and his little propaganda machine, you know, regarding the Cubs clubhouse. But here's a guy that was the Pied Piper who swung the flute, did the tooth, and got the boot and was out of baseball because of PEDs for about a year and a half. He wanted to sue the New York Yankees, and what happened? He decided to back off. And now he's announcing you know, for two major sports outlets, you know, only wanting to rub elbows with everybody, including the Baseball Writers of America. So, you know, he could become a first-round choice to be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame because his name's going to be on the ballot in a couple of years. But I wouldn't put too much stock in A-Rod and his little twin Jessica here, the two Bobsy twins of sports television right now. Have a good morning, guys. All right, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, and again, I think he expresses the idea that uh, they're more entertainers than they are people that – the regular baseball fan is interested in finding out from, uh, you know, again, Jessica's role was different. I think, uh, before now they're, they're kind of making them into a glitzy couple of really fashionable people to appeal to the younger people in baseball. And I don't, I don't fault ESPN for doing that. I mean, they're, they're two attractive people with great minds that can talk the game, but they can also take you to another area. And that is the area of entertainment or overstepping, in this case, what a lot of people think A-Rod did. Right. It's the game of the week, you know, so to speak. I put that in quotes. But right. now that every game is accessible pretty much everywhere, every night, it, it's it's a different dynamic than it might have been pre-social uh, media, pre-everything. We always hear about moving the needle in the radio and yep. baseball. These guys are moving. These people are moving sure. the needle. I mean, how much have we talked about so, this story? Uh, whether the they're aggravating uh, mainstream people like the Cubs and uh, Theo and uh, that clubhouse, um, I'm not. I'm not going to say it won't matter because you do not want to upset uh, people in the game, especially uh, the top professionals and the people that can make life miserable for you. In other words, if A Rod walks into the Washington clubhouse on Sunday and he starts talking to Davey Martinez, the manager, and to Bryce Harper, and you know the ESPN crew has time alone with these people. There might be just a little bit more hesitation to share uh, sure, anything uh, to with him at this point, considering what's going on here, because uh, the red flag is out there now. Knowing A Rod, and I've known him for since he was eighteen years old. I don't think he'll care. Honestly, I don't think he'll care. He. Uh, He's going to go about it his own way. Uh, the The world is his again. Uh, he's made the most re- remarkable turnaround of anybody uh, this side of Pete Rose uh, in baseball from being a guy going out of the game mostly disgraced because of steroid use mm-hmm. at the end, not thinking he'll get in the Hall of Fame, to being talked about on shows like ours and being the center of attention again. Just how he likes it. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Kankakee, Andy on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to comment on uh, the A-Rod comments, and um, I understand questioning his comments, but I wanted to uh, ask you guys about what Rick Sutcliffe has said a couple days before A-Rod said what he said, uh, said that he couldn't count on you, said that he might as well just send him home. And then in the same interview that you had with Theo later, David Howe asked him about Rick Sutcliffe's comments, and 
he kind of got short with David and actually, you know, ended the interview, which I seems highly unusual for, you know, usually the, the talk show guys in the interview. So I just wanted to have, have your comments on that. Well, yeah, Sutt uh, has been with the Cubs uh, every spring training for a long time. He was there every day last year. I think most last four or five years he's been a, uh, you know, instructor slash, you know, former great player for the Cubs being around there every day. And uh, Sutt has more contacts and people like him in the game than just about anybody. He can walk into anybody's clubhouse and be well-received and trusted. But in, in this case, I think uh, I think uh, Theo did get a little upset with the uh, – the comments about you not signing an autograph in spring training, you know, that uh, Sutt brought off. Uh, I think he felt, you know, that any any negative about Darvish while he's down is like hitting a guy when he's down a little bit. Yeah, and, and Theo is one of the great talkers in the game, and we, we always enjoy having him on uh, on any of the shows because you, you learn a lot about the inner workings of the team and the game. Uh, a very cerebral guy, but obviously uh, lots of Darvish questions on uh, Friday morning uh, with right. Molly and Haas. So. And, and speaking of that game next Sunday, Washington and the Cubs, the last Sunday night baseball game for the Chicago Cubs during the regular season, you'll hear it right here in 670 to the score with Zach Zaidman doing the pregame show and the post. Of course, Ron and uh, Pat doing the play-by-play for you like they do all 162 games here on the score. Let's take uh, a caller or two again before we break. And then White Sox assistant GM uh, Jeremy Haber will join us after the top of the hour. Uh, Mike in Minooka, it looks like here on the score. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good morning. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. You know, I'm a big Sox fan all season long. We've been hearing Ricky's boys never quit. And in spring training, Ricky had to bench Avisale for not hustling. During the season, he's benched Yohan a couple times. He benched Anderson just uh, earlier this week for not hustling. Then Anderson gets thrown off the plate last night because he won't hustle. How much longer are we going to have to put up with this? Well, it's a part of the maturation, and uh, it's it's a part of uh, Renteria standing up and saying, you know what, we know you're a young, great player. Uh, we know that uh, you're part of our future. You have to learn how to play like a professional mm-hmm. and hustle. Everybody's watching you. If you're going to be a lead player on a championship caliber team in this organization, you're going to have to hustle. And if you don't do it, uh, you're going to be made to look bad. We'll take you out, and uh, maybe you'll play the next day. Yeah, I, I like it, okay? Some people might think it's grandstanding because you're making an example of a young guy, and uh, you, know, you, you watch the very best players, even like Baez, even like uh, – you know, a lot of the top players like Harper, they don't they don't hustle every single time out of the box. Yep. If it's a pop up, sometimes you just see them throw the bat down slowly and and take a little walk toward first base. Uh, even the greatest players like Ken Griffey Jr. used to tell me, "I'm you know on a fly ball in the fourth inning, I'm not going to run it out because I'm going to save that energy for the end of the game when I need it to make a great catch or score from first on a double." Um, but these are things that uh, these young players have to learn along the way. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. Before we break, uh, we'll give you the Cubs lineup, which is in Rizzo remains leading off. Uh, ben Zobrist will play second base today and bat second. Hayward followed by Baez, who will bat uh, fourth and play third. Kyle Schwarber in left. Hap gets the start in center today. 
Contreras behind the plate. Kyle Hendricks batting eighth. And in a return to 2015, Bruce, Addison Russell will bat ninth. Very interesting. Uh, good lineup. We're going to hear from David Schuster a little bit later from uh, Wrigley about you uh, Darvish and his sim session today, an important one going forward. Do you want to know about how waivers work in the post-trade time from September, from August 1st on? Assistant General Manager of the White Sox, Jeremy Haber, is going to join us and explain everything you need to know about how waivers really work. And also we'll get to talk to him a little bit about the progression and the ultimate bringing up of Eli Jimenez and Michael Kopech. We'll have all that and more when we come back on Inside the Clubhouse. It's Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito here till 11 on The Score. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Alongside Bruce Levine, I am Mike Esposito. And as this music might suggest to you, we're going to talk a little White Sox with Assistant General Manager Jeremy Haber, who joins us now on the line. Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Mike, Bruce, how are you? Good to be with you. Good morning. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, Jeremy, this time of year, you know, we uh, we always get a lot of questions about... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 